0: The following program is a podcast1.com production.
1: So glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. On the web, Clark.com. When you want deals, Clarkdeals.com. Got some new fun deals for you right now on Clark Deals. And when you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. Coming up in 20 minutes, wow, the price increases on some old prescription drugs are so unbelievably high, it is the ultimate Clark rage, and it's coming your way in 20 minutes. And later this hour, drones, 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 so much talk about drones. And then at the same time, so much talk about autonomous vehicles, What about those two things together? A drone that you just set the destination on that flies you to that destination? That is not a George Jetson thing anymore. It is about to be something that is actually happening in just a few months from right now. So there was an item we posted on social media on Clark.com that I am stunned has gotten such big play, that so many people have reacted to it, commented on it, and the rest. And it's just the way I am. I worry about every single penny, every dollar I I worry about. So I'm at a fast food place, and I place my order, and the person at the Squawk Box gives me back my price. I said, no, that's too high. That couldn't be what my order is. I said, why don't you try it again? She said, well, I gave you the special. I said, why don't you try it again and ring up the items individually? And she said, you're right. And it was so much cheaper. It was about 25% cheaper than the special she was trying to give me on the order I had. And so I ended up saving $1.13. And there have been people who are like, come on, Clark. You're really worried about the $1.13? And then there have been other people who have been like, it's been really polarizing, who've been like, hey, good for you paying attention. And the thing about it, with pricing anywhere you go, it's up to you to watch. Think how often you'll buy something at a retail store on sale and you get to the register i only know places where you have concrete floors and shopping carts and you put things on a belt and you ring them up how often an item rings up at the wrong price happens over and over again well what i do is before a cashier starts ringing up i make sure everything is unloaded from my cart and I'm watching item by item. Now, not everybody has this thing in their head like I do where I remember the the price of every single item I'm getting, which must mean I've got some screws in the wrong place in my head, but I remember them all. So for you, if that's not who you are and you're buying things on sale, work from something like Color Note on your phone or something like that where you can... You can have a list of what you bought and what the price should be, because otherwise you're walking away from money. And that's going to become more important because you may have heard inflation seems to be back alive in the U.S. economy, and the inflation rate is growing, and the stats for the most recent reporting period, which is January, show a huge run-up in inflation for the month. It's the equivalent of about uh, 7.5% price increase over the next year. That's not valid. It's because of run-up in some energy prices. The actual real rate of inflation, though, is actually a tangible thing again, and it affects so much. It affects the purchasing power that your dollars have. It will affect your investments because you – When you have an investment, whatever return you have, your real return is after the effects of inflation and whatever tax you have to pay for the profit you have in an investment. And speaking of profits on investments, one of the results of the the economy being stronger and inflation moving up is the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates by as much a quarter of point as soon as just a few weeks from now in March. And they could wait till June, but barring something unexpected in the world, there's going to be several step ups in interest rates this year. And that makes it tougher for the stock market to continue to have the runs upward that it's had. And we could face... Later this year, some indigestion with both the value of bonds and bond funds you hold declining, as I explained recently, and also stock values declining, because the reality is that the value of those stock shares is impacted by the effects of inflation and in turn what happens with interest rates. So for you and me, if you don't own investments, the other side of this coin is you really do need to worry about costs. And I am so into that. But the funny thing about me, I'm into costs no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what's going on with my own wallet. It's just how I'm wired. Other people, it's episodic. It's based on what's going on in your life at the time if you're paying attention to costs and prices and all the rest. But I do it day in and day out. And the more you're aware about what's going on at the register, well, it's your money. You want to give it away by paying too much for something? I don't. But I'll tell you the other side of this coin. When something rings up lower than I know the price is supposed to be, I always stop a cashier and tell him or her. And inevitably, they look at me like I'm crazy, like I'm completely out of my mind. And why would I point out that something's giving me a lower price than I deserve? Just because that's the way you should do things. You shouldn't have ill-gotten gains, just as you should not be overcharged for something. Scott's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Scott. Um, How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Scott. Hey, um,
2: I enjoy falling asleep with you every night, but those earbuds can be a little bit painful.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I am the cure for insomnia for so many people. I'm so dull (laughs) that if you have trouble falling asleep at night, you don't need to take Ambien or any kind of sleeping aid or device. You just listen to me, and I'll put you right to sleep.
2: Amen. Hey, I'm um, early 50s, and my wife's about to turn the big four zero. I was curious, when's a good time to start looking into that uh, MaximizeYourSocialSecurity.com?
1: Long time from now, because good. between now and when you would first have eligibility for Social Security somewhere close to 10 years from now, the rules, the laws change inevitably you know there was a big shift in the rules on claiming social security last year and it's something that just is gonna be an ever-moving target and the only thing that i would say will not change is that the later you take social security for most people the better it will be but my plan but as far as where you are today in your early 50s it's way too soon for you to start trying to figure out how to maximize that benefit for you and your bride. Okay, thank you very much. All right, have a great day. And the other thing I would ask you before you run away, how are you doing saving for retirement away from what you're anticipating getting from Social Security? If I could keep the wife away from TJ Maxx, I think I'd be doing better. Oh, oh, oh all right so a question about her is she working
2: um no we got a mother i got a mother-in-law living with us with um kidney failure so
1: oh i'm sorry
2: she does the dialysis oh it's many doctors
1: okay so for her the shopping is where the money might vanish
2: so yeah probably stress relief
1: <laughs> okay and is she doing anything like, are y'all doing a spousal Roth where even though she's not working, there's money going into a Roth for her?
2: Um, I was planning on starting it um, with the tax refund. But, okay. um, You know, I got a 401k that I'm uh, filling and my own uh, Roth and IRA. and uh, So you know, I, think, I, think,
1: everything. I think the spousal Roth is really valuable. And if she has that and she sees the statements and all the rest, she may see more relevance in it versus the shopping that is uh, going on. And once she has that statement, she sees her account and she sees the balance in it and realizes that $100 there will have much more impact than $100 that she spends in some retail store, maybe that would have some benefit.
2: Okay, and Roth would probably be better than a regular... Definitely the
1: Roth, the spousal Roth, because she's in her 40s, she's got so much time for that money to grow tax-free and be spent tax-free, spousal Roth would be the ticket. Brian's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Brian. Hey, Clark, how are you today? Great, thank you. You want to know where all your money's going.
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah in a way um recently i've kind of i've just been kind of picking up a few extra contract jobs and uh, that requires travel and I've tried looking on <clears throat> or looking at some different apps to track those kind of expenses, but it just seems there's um, the, the list is quite long as to what i'm looking for and i just kind of wanted to call and get your input on that or any kind of suggestions
1: so you're looking for any of the apps that will allow you to track your expenses as you go
2: yeah not only that but also if uh, if they also allow or what would best how best to categorize rather than keeping receipts and piles and piles of receipts if there's something that's either more efficient or a better way to
3: go about that.
1: Sure. So there are any of a number of apps for both iPhone and Android, most of which are free, that give you the ability to track your expenses. And I use one called Smart Receipts. It's not necessarily better or worse than any other. It's just the one I like to use. And the way it works is when I have a receipt, Um, I take a picture of it with my phone, and then it basically categorizes, and if it doesn't know how to categorize it, it'll ask me, and I put it into the category. It will do the driving reports, if you're trying to track your driving and get reimbursement per mile. And there are many of these. The one we have on Clark.com that we talk about is Expensify. Okay. And Expensify is both, a, if I remember right, it's a website and an app that allows you to track your expenses. And there, there's not any one that is like the category killer in this. It's the absolute best for it. But if you were to, if you were to just put in as a Google or Bing or whatever search, put in expense account apps. And look through the various reviews because there are a number of online reviews of different ones of these expense account apps. And you can see which one does best what your needs are for expense account tracking. It's been great for me because I don't know if you know this. I am a complete flake. And so I wouldn't believe that at all. It's completely true. I'll be on a trip, and I'll have a receipt for this, a receipt for that, a receipt for the other, and then I'll get back, and it's like, what did I do with that receipt? What did I do with that one? And so now, the second I get the receipt, I take a picture of it, and then I have it, and it's categorized, and essentially it helps me with expense report accounting on its own for each trip, and it's got the date the trip started, ended, all that, and that's why these things are so wonderful is a way to track those expenses, especially when you're any kind of independent contractor or salesperson where you have to keep really good expense tracking. It's time for today's Clark Rageous moment. It involves something that is going on in the pharmaceutical business that should absolutely Clark Rage you. Massive, massive price increases on old, old, old. Medicines.
3: Rip offs, outrages.
4: It's a Clark Regis moment.
1: So there's a drug that helps people with muscular dystrophy that has been available outside the United States for a tiny little amount a year, usually like $600 to $1,000 a year. So a pharmaceutical company just got approval to sell it in the United States and priced it at 90000 a year. 90000 Another pharmaceutical company just raised the price on a drug to treat people who are addicted to opiates and overdose, and the price of that drug just went up by an outrageous percent, and 600% was the latest increase. This is not one pharmaceutical company or one issue. There is a law that Congress passed years ago that was a special loophole law called the Orphan Drug Act, and it was designed to try to get a pharmaceutical company to sell a drug that benefited only a small segment of the population. Now pharmaceutical companies are using language in that to exploit people with drugs that are way past their patent time and charge people for life-and-death medications back-breaking sums of money. Congress needs to repeal this Dr- Orphan Drug Act, and we need to rethink the entire way prescription drugs are made available in the United States, because the American people and the American taxpayer are absolutely
0: getting completely ripped off, and that is Clark Rages. You know, when you're a kid, there are a lot of things that you think exist. Unicorns, dragons, mermaids, you name it. When you're a kid, it's real. But when you find out later that they don't, well, it's kind of disappointing. Of course, as you get older, you get over the disappointment. But when you're looking to buy a car, there's nothing worse than finding the one of your dreams online, and then you find out later, it doesn't really exist. It's not true. That's why at TrueCar, they show you real pricing on actual inventory. This isn't pricing offered to you by TrueCar. It's an actual VIN-based price from a TrueCar certified dealer in your area. Real prices. And these aren't just any dealers either. TrueCar certified dealers are a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency. They offer competitive prices and a faster, easier buying experience for you. It's a fact, TrueCar customers are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with the TrueCar certified dealers. And, on average, they save over $3,000 off the MSRP. So, when you're ready to buy that dream car, visit TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states.
1: Glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. Clark Deals, our bargain site. And when you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. I am going to have to go back to the UAE because the first drone, Flying taxis are going to start flying in four months. These things are one-person taxis that are completely robotic. You get in one, and you put in your destination, and then it takes off, and it flies you to your destination in your own personal aircraft. You don't have to know how to fly. You don't have to know how to do anything other than set your destination. And I should have said the UAE is United Arab Emirates, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of the Emirates. Anyway, so the, the device is the Ehang 184, I think, is the actual model number, and they Launched it at CES last year, but it wasn't ready for prime time yet. Now it is. I remember at the time there were stories that you will never get to fly in this thing that were just totally saying this is sci fi, it's not going to happen, and all that. And then today it was reported that the Dubai flying taxi is actually going airborne in just four months now you can't weigh more than 220 pounds to fly in it so if you weigh more you got to go on a diet Then you got to fly to dubai and go in it but the whole jetsons thing is coming to life and i want you to think about that we're on the cusp of an era that uber has been talking about as well you being able to fly around In a robotic-controlled personal flying machine, and what that means in terms of all our conversations around the United States about roads and traffic and congestion and infrastructure, when you're able to just get in your own personal flying pod and go somewhere. Now, you don't want to be one of the first, let's say, 10,000 rides in one of these things. Because you don't want to be part of Malfunction Junction and you're up in the air and then suddenly things aren't going so well. So I'm actually not going to go to Dubai this summer. It's too hot in Dubai in the summer. Maybe next winter, once they've had enough flights of this thing, I'll go do it. So its top speed is slower than most cars. It'll only go 100 miles an hour. And typical cruising speed would be uh, 60, 65 miles an hour. But if you think about you're not having to follow a road, you're not having to worry about red lights, you're not having to worry about traffic, and you just fly a straight line to where you're going, think how fast you'd get there. So for me to get to the studio, I live very close to the studio, and it takes me, depending on traffic, 10 to 15 minutes. In a flying drone, I'd be there in roughly six minutes. And it would always be six minutes. And if you're worried about crashing into other people and all that, the technology now available to allow for safe spacing between little flying pods is tremendous. And with all the new cars coming out that have the adaptive ability to avoid collisions, a technology first brought to the most expensive of the Mercedes vehicles, now spreading across the automotive fleet at even mid-price car level, non-luxury cars. The Teslas have this technology. The, the accident rates are not going to be the problem you might imagine, and I think this is the kind of thing that, again, change sneaks up on people. And I am one of those people who is the opposite. There has been more vaporware out there that I've been enthusiastic about and then later let down about than probably you even knew existed. So I have a tendency to be the other way where, wow, this is great, this is coming, this is going to be here. And then later, somebody will say, Well, what happened with so and so? I'll say, Well, they went bust. But I have zero doubt, zero doubt that the miniaturization of circuits, the technology we have available today, the artificial intelligence aspects of it, the radar and digital cameras, that driving, if you continue to drive, remember the line from um, Back to the Future? roads where we're going we don't need roads that is our future ed is with us on the clark howard show hello ed
4: yes good afternoon clark
1: you want to talk about a whole different kind of transportation than i just was how comfortable would you be being one of the first people to get in a pilotless helicopter and just Uh, start flying around in it would that just be something you'd have nightmares about? or
2: Yes, sir. Not
4: so much pilotless. I used to be a pilot for a long time, so uh, I, I, I'd rather have my hands on.
1: So now, um, as you know, the most advanced aircraft, a pilot can set the settings on it, and it can do its own landing and takeoff. Did you ever fly in a plane that had that level of automation?
4: No, I haven't. No, I mostly flew, flew uh, smaller prop planes.
1: Okay, and you know, at one time, many, many years ago, I thought I wanted to be a pilot. And unlike you, I was not successful in the cockpit. I, after my first couple of lessons, I realized that all that would happen if I kept going with pilot training is I would be dead someday. That I just, I didn't have what you have and what other people have who've been pilots. I just couldn't think in those three dimensions you have to to be a pilot. Oh, But, but Ed, we want to talk about a different type of transportation, the type of surface transportation. What are you thinking of doing?
4: Yes, we do. Okay, my wife and I are a retired couple here. We live in in, uh, central Florida, and uh, we've been on a few cruises. Now that we're retired down here in Florida— uh, well, we plan on going on a cruise uh, early this summer, but also uh, we'd like to uh, find out if what sites are available for people that live down here. Because we're retired, we can go on like uh, a short notice, a few days notice, if there are are good deals that you can get on, uh, you know, last minute uh, cruises here. Definitely.
1: Okay, so there are, there are some in particular that people who have that flexibility use. And one that's very popular with people who do that is one called Cruise Critic. And when you get to the main page, there's a deal section. And the most popular part of the deal section is last-minute cruises. And so cruise lines can dump their unsold inventory on ships at the very last minute. And you'll find that if you can be opportunistic like that and buy a cruise at the very last instant, that that's a great way for you to do it. Also, have you ever been to the website cruisecompete.com? No, I haven't. So Cruise Compete, you can put what you're interested in doing and cruise-only agencies literally compete for your business. And so many times they may be willing to give up some of their commissions, um, t- you know, in order to be able to sell you at a lower price. Oh,
4: okay. That sounds pretty. Now, you, you, you know, when we talk like last minute cruises, you said on the uh, website there, uh, what is it generally? Uh, are they talking a few days or like a, a generally week? Generally, with a
1: cruise, know? last minute is less than three weeks before sailing.
4: Oh, less, okay, less than three
1: weeks. Because you think about most people that are buying a cruise, they're not like you, they're not living, uh, gosh, if you're in central Florida, you're 50 minutes or so from Port Canaveral, which I think is the biggest U.S. cruise port now. There's a lot of ships that sail out of Tampa that are like probably 90 minutes from you, and people in south Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, across the Everglades, in naples and marco island they do these last minute deals and so it's a very common practice for floridians to do these last minute bookings because you don't need air but most people are living who knows where in the united states or even in canada or overseas or whatever and they've got to make advanced plans so once you cross that 21 day period that's when you see so many of the deals
4: Oh, okay, very good. And do most of the uh, large cruise lines, they all participate in or, or No, not
1: necessarily. It varies. I'm looking right now on what's available on the thing I was talking about, and they're showing a lot of cruises that are just in the next couple of days that there are real deals on to those that are about, um, yeah, about three weeks out that there are great deals on. And they show you how much a percent discount they're at but i don't ever believe discount from a cruise line i only care about what the price is and comparing the price from one vendor to another
4: okay very good well i appreciate your help on that sure
1: and have a great time and remember always join whatever uh frequent guest program there is for each cruise line you go on Because you accumulate enough points, which you can easily do living in Florida now, that you start getting all kinds of benefits, like uh, maybe if you like to drink free liquor on board, don't do that before you fly. Um, Anything that makes it a better experience, like free cabin upgrades, those kind of things are available as you accumulate points on particular cruise lines. Elisa's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Elisa.
5: Hi there, how are you? Great,
1: thank you. You are thinking, hey, how am I going to go retire someday? Is that right?
5: Exactly right. Exactly right. Tell
1: me what your story is.
5: Well, um, years ago, when we were in our 20s and just starting a business, well, we also had, uh, well, no, it was by our thirty. We didn't have enough money in our 20s to do anything, but we started a business, and, um, and it was, you know, fairly successful and we had three small children we went to a financial planner because thinking that was a grown-up thing to do and we needed to get started on this and um, and it was from one of these major companies uh, it cost I think maybe about 600 bucks for the meeting with him and he it when he gave us our review of what we should do it included uh, most of our money going into an insurance payment that he said would Oh, my goodness. Right. Were you sold something known
1: as a variable universal life policy or universal life policy?
5: Well, I wasn't sold it because that idea, you can't get something for nothing, and that idea scared the heck out of me, Um, including at the time he wanted us to contribute as much as $800 a month, which we didn't have, but, you know, anything we could put into it. So that scared me off of financial planners to be quite frank with you, I just then was skeptical, cynical, distrustful. And then, um, so I put little bits of money into the stock market and had about $40,000 in a a trading account. I had put some money in IRAs, but uh, not a ton and not invested particularly well, some on particular stocks uh, rather than mutual funds. But So in this active account had about $40,000, which was halved um, in 2008 in the market crash. And then uh, I thought, you know, now I can't trust that. I I can't afford to lose half of my money. Sure. And since that time, we have, you know, we have paid off mortgage, uh, paid up our business mortgage, put three kids through school, the last one in her second year, but uh, we're, you know, in a position to have that paid, no problem. And we owe nothing, but we've accumulated cash because if I see it in my bank account, I can trust that it's there, but I know that that's not sustainable for retirement. And your business,
1: and your business continues to do well, and you generate a nice yes. net profit each year? Correct. Okay. We're going to talk about this straight ahead. What is the tool that you as a business owner can use to build up money for retirement. And being a business owner is a key ingredient to you being able to amp up your investments and savings and retirement-available money so much quicker than normal earthlings can do. We're going to talk about how you get that done, Elisa, so hang with me. Elisa rejoins us on the Clark Howard Show. And Elisa, you were hitting me with a dilemma that happens to so many small business owners. You've been investing in your business over the years. Uh, You went to somebody who you realized was trying to swindle you out of your savings with a terrible insurance product. And you you lost money in the stock market buying individual stocks. And you're like, what do we do? Right? Yes, yes. All right, so as a small business owner you have access to one of the greatest savings tools there could ever be known as a SEP, an S-E-P. You're allowed to save this year up to $54,000 in a SEP, depending on the profitability of your business.
5: Can you do that if you're incorporated? Yes. Oh. You know, I've talked with several bank people and other financial planners that I know, and everyone says that's simple. That's not the same thing, right?
1: No, a simple, a simple is, is – there's the nothing simple about do. a simple. Simple requires <laughs> okay. pretty extensive paperwork, sept is not. And I what I that would that like is. you to do is I have a list of companies that you can trust to advise you on how you handle – building a retirement plan. Some of that stuff you said that you're so puzzled, you feel like you've gotten burned trying to make decisions. And I've got uh, a list of companies that you can invest directly with. And then I have two groups you could go to where you can talk with somebody who can advise you. And if you choose, Mm -hmm. even have somebody who you pay to manage retirement Mm -hmm. funds for you. Yeah. And... Focus on your business and have them do it. One of the groups Mm -hmm. is Garrett Planning Network that you'll see on Clark.com. The other is NAPFA, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. And either of those groups, you you can see they use different strategies to help you. And then look at my investment guide for companies that I really trust for you to use for that investing guidance for your retirement account.
0: Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickandloanscom slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash save. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickandloanscom slash save. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030.
1: Glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Our web address, Clark.com, when you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. Coming up in a half hour, Oh, man, it's really upsetting for me to see the stats on the carnage on our highways, new numbers just in that give you pause and tied in with it on the same day but unconnected. Survey data from AAA on how many people are out on the roads when they are maybe under the influence, maybe they're texting, blowing through red lights and creating danger for everybody on the roads. So we're going to talk about that in a half hour, a call to action for you. And I want to just take a second to tell you something about this summer in Europe. This is going to be the cheapest summer to Europe in 15 years. If you haven't been to Europe in forever, maybe you've never been, this is the year. Let me give you an example. There's a new sale to Europe from a number of American cities for travel into July, starting late spring. And first, let me hit you with deals from Washington, D.C. Amsterdam, $399, Glasgow, Scotland, $392. London 420, Munich 440, Oslo 440, Paris 490, Zurich 450. And these deals are good from a number of places with slight fare differences from place to place. Uh, You can go on some of these deals from Minneapolis, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Portland, Oregon. This sale was started by Icelandic Air. It throws in the bonus, if you wish of a stopover in iceland which is the hottest travel destination in the world i don't mean temperature wise it is nnn to go to iceland right now and these deals on iceland air are extraordinary for summer travel so you hear me say boston new york washington minneapolis philadelphia whatever what if you live somewhere else in the country and you what about me what about me okay here's the deal domestic airfares are also way down so you buy a ticket from wherever you live to one of the gateway cities cheapest deals across on this are washington new york and boston maybe you take in a day in one of those cities and then you go over the water on iceland air by the way i was tipped off to this deal by scott kyes who does scott's cheap flights A phenomenal website if you are one of those people who the reason you go somewhere is because it's a deal. He'll convince you to go somewhere you never even thought you were interested in, and he's a brilliant guy in the travel business. So this is the year with the euro way down in values, which means it's really cheap for us in Europe. The pound way down, cheap for us in England. Think about it. Now, down, down, down as well, student loan interest rates. The new numbers have just come out for what student loan rates are going to be for this next college year. And I don't remember when rates have been this low. They may have sometime or other been this low, but for undergraduates, the rate's going to be uh, approximately three and three quarters percent, and... That's a big cut from where it's been. For graduate students, the rate's going to be approximately a little more than five and a quarter percent. And for plus loans that are typically made to parents, the rate's going to be a little more than six and a quarter percent. So these rates by historical standards are extremely low for student loan borrowing. These are all federal loans, almost all borrowing, for college is in federal loans. But just because the rates are great doesn't mean green light to borrow money like crazy because the country is littered with people that are financially hurt or broken because of the amount of student loan debt they have. And the consequences are people who might have been buying houses and aren't, of the student loan debt might have been saving for retirement but aren't because of the student loan debt they have i talked recently on the show about parents and grandparents that have taken out loans for their kids or grandkids that are financially ruined because of the amount of student loan debt they have so just because you can borrow this money and the rates are well let's call it they're they're cheap they're on sale doesn't mean green light to borrow, 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 borrow. Fidelity Investments has a great tool for you to see what's going on with student loans you already have. And Fidelity is an organization that benefits if people have money that they can invest or put aside for retirement. So they have a vested interest in doing what they can to guide you and help you with your student loans. And it's something that I encourage you, if you have student loans, to look at it. If you were to do, uh, I think a web search would work if you did Fidelity Student Loans or Fidelity Labs Student Loans, because they have a section that shows you, is there a better way for you to handle your loans? What should you be doing? They take you step-by-step through how to organize the student loans you have, and figure out are you doing the right thing or should you be doing something else with them. It's a completely free tool. And we have a link for you on our show notes after today's show at Clark.com that you don't have to go search for it in the web, you know the web search. You'll be able to link to it right from our show notes at Clark.com. So you hear the mixed message from me, don't you? I think about this that here I am, yippee, the interest rates are going down. But at the same time, I take the calls from people that are burdened, so heavily burdened, with massive amounts of student loan debt. Richard's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Richard, one of those things I rave about, you want to rave at,
6: is that right? Hello, Clark. How are you doing? Yes, yes, I do.
1: So, you are somebody who has uh, started streaming content, and one of the streaming services that I say is, it's so great! Not well, so, huh?
6: Well, I found that it wasn't so great, and, and I can tell you why, if, if you and your listeners want to hear about it.
1: Sure. Which one are we talking about
6: here? Sling TV.
1: Oh, Sling.com? Yes. Oh, see, I love Sling.com. Tell me what the bad parts have been for you.
6: Okay, well, I had uh, you know, I'd seen the commercials and, uh, and had participated in their week-long evaluation period. And during the test, uh, they had terrible lip-sync issues. And I can explain what lip-sync is to the listeners if you'd like.
1: Oh, it means where the, you, the action's happening on the screen and the person's talking, but the voices are being heard delayed.
6: Correct, and that primarily results because in the and I work for a company who developed uh, digital video standards for both satellite transmission as well as for your local cable company to transmit to your set top, uh, which is Qualm. and uh, it takes the for processing power wise it takes more to encode video and decode video than it does the audio, so on the playback side on the receiving end. The processor that's decoding the signal or decoding this bitstream, it actually takes longer to decode the video than it does audio, so the audio must be delayed to get it back in sync with the video, so you don't have these issues like you just described where the, the audio is you know signif- noticeably uh, out of sync with the video.
1: Now, why is and that even- happening in your experience with Sling, but not with, let's say, Netflix or Amazon Prime Instant Video or um, Hulu?
6: Well, that's a good question. I, I did a pretty methodical test. I have, um, my, my setup was an, uh, one of my older desktop PCs that I no longer use for software development. So that's still pretty fast. And I use that for my entertainment system. It has an HDMI output so I can, you know, stream right to my TV with it. And I have an you know, a pretty fast ethernet connection, 100 megabit per second connection. And so, when I started to notice the problems I was having is, as I was trying to watch any of their shows, the you know, audio kept getting further and further and further out of sync. And as much as 30 seconds out of sync, it was just crazy.
1: No way. So, I never have experienced that. Does that mean I have a much slower internet connection than you?
6: No, I don't think it has much to do with the internet connection because I have plenty of speed. And other things I did is you, know, you want you can have problems with actually, this wouldn't cause lip sync, but uh, neighborhood bandwidth being used up, but that usually causes buffering problems. Um, I tried, you know, different times of the day, like day time of the day. It's like early afternoon when, when uh, there should be light like, internet traffic. Uh, tried it in both Windows and Linux, even on a on a Raspberry Pi three that I've converted over to uh, being a streaming box, and all had the same issue. So, you know, knowing that some ISPs mess with data when uh, with companies that they're not happy with, and I guess Netflix is one of the companies that. Uh, uh, cable provider has had those issues with in the past. I have a, a VPN connection, which I use uh, primarily for, uh, if I'm on a public Wi-Fi, I can use it to make sure that uh, my my data can't be uh, sniffed or or uh, you know, hacked and, and used against me. I tried it both with and without my VPN service, and I had the same issue. So there's no way my ISP could be messing with my data because they have no way of even monitoring what the data is that's being transmitted over their network.
1: Now, by the way, while you're talking, I've been looking online, and there are other people complaining about the lip sync issue, and there's a Reddit thread on it. There's also an article, not specifically talking about Sling, but talking about streaming services that's on CNET that talks about how you repair that problem if you're having it with one of your streaming services.
6: Well, I'll have to check that, but I, I, I did the search as well, and I saw just the uh, preponderance of uh, lip-sync issues. That seems to be the common denominator for problems with Sling TV. All
1: right, I'll tell you so what we'll do, because if you call customer no-service there, you're not going to get a real answer. So we're going to call uh, Sling uh, Media Relations Department, which is actually at Dish Network, and right. see if we can get an answer as to what technical issue may be that people are having the problem because they want this to work, and the price of it, as you know, is a great price. Oh, so, yes. so it's uh, something I will see if we can get an answer to for you and for
6: others. Well, from a user point of view, a, a user should not have to tweak their system to get their
1: exactly to work. exactly. So that's why the the thing to address with them is. What are you going to do to fix this so that people don't want to disconnect your service because you're making it too hard for them to enjoy watching your television?
6: And I would gladly use it because I've, I've saved $100 a month just by getting rid of my uh, my uh, video s- provider's uh, service and going, nothing, uh, going to strictly streaming.
1: And you know, I, I don't know if you heard me mention before, Hulu is coming up with a product like it where you'll have the... A video catalog like they have now or library of content and they're going to have all the live channels too there's going to be a lot more than the eight dollars or twelve dollars or whatever hulu is depending on which level service you get will probably right. be around a forty dollar thirty dollar product but we're going to have a lot of choices like this moving forward and so sling was really the first one To provide a live tv product at a very affordable price it starts at twenty dollars a month depending on how much tv you want to buy so we're going to ask them for you richard and hopefully we'll be able to get a meaningful answer how they're going to address it george joins us on the clark howard show and george you've been in the process of trying to steadily build up your credit it's great to have you here on the clark howard show tell me where you are right now in the process george um
3: well i've already got one credit card i've got a uh, one with a major bank that honestly I'm, I'm probably after listening to the show recently probably thinking about ditching that one but i do want to have two also off of your advice and um so does this I mean you have a, a
1: credit card with wells fargo yes it does okay <laughs> don't dump that card because of all the ethical and legal issues at wells fargo keep that card because okay. if that's the only credit you have, does it have an annual fee attached to it?
3: No, um, it doesn't.
1: Then then I want you to keep that Wells Fargo credit card, and I want you to go ahead and apply for another card. Because the great, you've already made it through the hardest stage of establishing credit, which is having your first major credit card, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express. Once you've got that and you handle paying it well and don't use a lot of the credit, you start building up a, a credit story that you can get that second credit card. And to establish good credit, you need a minimum of two major credit cards. Okay. Do you run a balance on the Wells card, or is it something you pay in full? Yeah. No balance.
3: I always, I'm always paying it off before the payments due. Just Fantastic. Filled through me. <laughs> All
1: right, then I want you to go to a website called Credit Card Tune Up. Okay. And you'll be able to, based on your charge pattern, see what reward card you should get. Because if you pay your balance in full every month, you should be not only building up your credit more, but you should be getting rewards for it. Now, have you set up a Credit Karma dashboard for yourself?
3: I have not, no.
1: I'd like you to go do that, and you'll be able to track the progress with your credit score over time, and they'll suggest to you, it's free to do and use, they'll suggest to you what credit moves you need to make to keep raising your score. Okay. And I would say get a second card now, and then give it a half year, and then at that point, go back to credit card tune-up, pick another card. And then at that point, don't dump the Wells Fargo card. Keep it open. Just don't use it anymore. And then you'll have a much wider snapshot of credit for lenders to look at. You'll be in great shape.
0: Okay, you want to keep your favorite podcast like this one free to download, right? Well, then all you have to do is complete a short, anonymous survey, which takes less than five minutes. Just go to podcast slash my survey to answer the questions. You can also get there by clicking the banner at podcast podcastone.com. If you've done this in the past, we'd like to thank you, but we do need you to do it again, because we want to make sure we're giving you what you want. That's podcast slash my survey, or click the banner at podcast one.com. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast.
1: Hope you're having a great day and I want to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is the web address. When you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. And you you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. So these stats just in in the last little while today, about the number of people killed on roads in the United States last year. And there's a chart I'm looking at that shows the increase in death rates the last two years, and it is just absolutely heartbreaking. The new data shows that 40,000 people approximately died last year on the roads, and that is a massive increase from two years ago. In fact, the National Safety Council reports that the increase is so great over the last two years that you have to go back over almost three generations to find a time period that there was an increase like this in the United States over a two-year period. And... It's not because we're driving more. We're driving a little more as the economy has gotten a little better. It's all about what we're doing behind the wheel. And the factors are just a real problem. Half of people, even though everybody says by their own admission, yeah, I shouldn't text, half of people admit they're texting while they go down the road. Half! And how about red lights? Okay, so yesterday I'm in an intersection. Not one, not two, but three cars blow through a red light. I mean, it was not yellow going to red. It was red. And I was on the side street. If I hadn't been watching and my light turns green, I had pulled out. Bam! T-bone time. We're getting, like, really careless. So here's the thing. You have to control your own behavior, and if you're not, it's your choice. You may have heard my strategy after, gosh, it's been, I guess, four years ago. I came close to hitting a jogger because I was looking at my cell phone instead of looking at the road, and that was the day, thank goodness, I didn't hit that person but that was my day. That was the day I learned to change my behavior. And now if I'm ever tempted to pick up my phone, I throw it into the back seat of my car. But do you know the technology exists today for a phone to automatically shut itself down, you know, keep the screen from coming active when a car is in motion? And That's a technology that needs to be widely available. I don't believe something like that should be mandatory, but it should be widely available for you to adopt to. Now, the funny thing from a AAA survey, I guess not funny, ironic, is that the greatest problems with looking at phones while you drive is among people in their 20s. By far the worst, and people are always into um, saying teenager this, teenager that, teenager the other. Teenagers actually engage in dangerous driving behaviors like uh, blowing through red lights and texting when they should be driving at a lower rate than most any other age group. They're inexperienced, so they have more accidents as a result, but the big problem is Is people in their 20s so here's how i handle it i give a lot more room to cars around me than i used to and when i see somebody swerving you know in traffic where they're having a lot of trouble staying in their lanes i know they're texting i mean come on you know that's what they're doing And think about somebody hurtling down the freeway, traveling 25 yards a second, and they're not looking at the road. Think how far 25 yards is. A second. So knowing other people are doing that, you and I as ones who aren't, at least not at that moment, are the ones that have to be aware and keep ourselves out of harm's way as much as possible. I think I mentioned this the other day on the show that because my car automatically on the highway keeps me a safe distance based on my speed from the vehicle in front of me, I've learned that a safe distance is much more distance between cars than I realized it was. And that has changed my behavior when I'm actually operating the car instead of the robotics operating the car. And the red light thing, I tell you what's funny, whenever I am coming up to a, a light that has turned yellow, before I finish stopping, I look in my rearview mirror to see if the car behind me is having any intention of stopping. And there's probably at least an incident in a week where I have to press take my foot off the brake, press the accelerator, because that vehicle behind me is coming. And It's unfortunate, but it's part of how you have to drive. You have to almost have like eyes in the back of your head driving now. Now, this spike in fatalities, the good news is this is a temporary but tragic phenomenon. If you're somebody who ends up losing your life because of people driving crazy, um, you end up injured. Nearly 5 million people, nearly 5 million were injured in accidents last year. Think about that number. And so the great news is that the technology coming into cars is going to change this picture and bend that uh, fatality curve and injury curve back down. But in the meantime, really think about it. Think about me telling you, About almost hitting a jogger how would you feel if you killed somebody on a bicycle or who was jogging or walking because some message on your phone was just so important you had to look at it right then james joins us on the clark howard show hi james hi clark how are you doing
3: i am doing just to the better side of fantastic
1: isn't that wonderful it is and you are a generous sort as well. You want to help your son out. I do. What's happening with him?
3: Well, he's in a college down in the Los Angeles area, and he has taken out some loans to get through uh, his education. Um, they are, in my uh, estimation, overpriced at 10% interest or so. And What? What?
1: yeah (laughs) did you hear me talking earlier in the show about where interest rates are for the next school year i did not okay so uh let me repeat this for you because something's really wrong with the loans he's in this is a traditional four-year college he's at it is not ah do you know if the college is eligible for the federal student loan program
3: I believe it is.
1: All right. So they're steering him into, or he's making a mistake going into private student loans when the federal student loan rate for this fall is going to be three and three quarters percent approximately. And the rate on a loan that you would take out as a parent to help him is going to be about uh, six and a quarter. Okay. So the rates he's getting, he's ripping himself off by going into private student loans. I I don't know of a circumstance where someone attending school today should ever be in a private student loan. That's the first help you can be to him. Okay. What else are you thinking?
3: Well, (laughs) what I really wanted to do was fund the loan such that he didn't know it was I that was funding the loan, that he felt like, okay, I borrowed the money at a low interest rate with great uh, with great uh, way to pay it back, and I feel he, he would feel good about being independent, paying it back, making his way on his own with no help from me, unknown to him. Huh. So I would like to just, you know, take a chunk of my money, because... I've got plenty. Put it in a place where someone could manage the paperwork, bill collection, even tag his credit report if necessary.
1: Okay, believe it or not, there used to be such a service, and it went bust. No. There actually was exactly what you're talking about, and it didn't make it where uh, people could make loans and have them basically professionally collected in your case he wouldn't know it was you doing it is the idea you have it was really the idea of that before was that a family member making a loan to a family member or friend you want somebody to be handling the collecting of the loan for you somebody's not paying you want them to be the bad guy not you in your case let's talk a whole different strategy that's much more straight on okay yes what if you tell him, because he can only borrow so much at that uh, three and, what did I say it was, three and uh, three, three and three quarters. quarters? He can only borrow so much on that. Do you know how much he's borrowing for each school year?
3: It's uh, about 8000 per semester.
1: Okay, which for borrowing for college is kind of a uh, mid amount compared to a lot of the calls I get. So, we're talking about for an undergraduate degree, 60 something thousand, which is a scary amount. But if he were to borrow what he can at the three and three quarters. Right. And you, if you wish, borrow what you're allowed to as a parent at the higher rate. I said it was approximately five and three quarters. Uh huh. And then you tell him you are the guarantor on those loans so he can get a lower rate. And then you, if you wish after he finishes school, you can forgive them.
3: I'm not quite sure I understand that. I can forgive them.
1: Yeah, by you making the payments instead of him. You're legally oh. obligated anyway. But but you tell him, you know what, I'm so proud of you, how you're doing and all that. I'm gonna pay this loan for you. Ah, okay. Yeah. I think I think you gotta be a little more direct with this. Yes, okay. And so you are able to hold down, since you can afford it, you hold down his uh, legal obligation to what he can borrow as a student at the three and three quarters. Okay. And then he, on the other hand, um, would not be liable for the higher interest rate loans that you take out for his benefit, but you can say, I'm going to do this so you get a lower rate, and then you later, when he graduates, you say, you know what, don't worry about those. That sounds good. Because to try to come up with some kind of thing where somebody else is supposedly making the loan to him, but he doesn't know who that is and all that, I'm not sure you can pull that off. I think it would, it would, it would not really go smoothly as a process. Raul is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you today?
5: Doing good, Clark. Thank you. Thank you so much. How are you doing?
1: Wonderful. Great having you here. You have uh, some family members taking a trip to Europe, is that right?
5: Yes, that's correct. My
3: two daughters, two of them in college, and they are planning to do some studies
5: in in, in Spain this summer. So uh, in preparation of that, I need to get some money, and I wanted to buy some Europe.
1: Don't do it. Don't do it. So do I need, do Don't I need buy euros buy here. here. Don't do it for them, Raul. the The way foreign exchange works in the United States is a total and complete ripoff. If you get them euros here before they go to Spain, they're going to pay a horrific exchange rate to get those euros. On the other hand, oh. when they get to Europe. They can go when they land in Spain right in the airport. They can go to an ATM and they can get euros at the banker's buying rate with no ripoff at all, like you'd pay if you got them euros here. So they end up effectively with 10% more money than they would if you bought it here.
5: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: So. The problem that, that there is though, we gotta talk about that's good, now let's talk about the bad. The problem is is that a number of US banks to make up some of that lost revenue charge giant fees when you use an ATM outside the United States. So before your daughters go, you gotta get them a card where they're not gonna get hit with those junk ATM fees of which there are many ways to avoid them. So can I make some suggestions? Sure, sure. I, okay, I uh, do you have any military background that you could uh, have accounts at USAA? No. Nah. Okay. Um, do you have any accounts at Charles Schwab?
2: No. Nah.
1: Right. you have time till they go this year. If you opened accounts at Charles Schwab, they okay. can have a Charles Schwab account ATM card, and they can withdraw anywhere in the world fee-free.
3: Gotcha.
1: And a Schwab account, um, as long as you meet the minimum, there's no fees at all for having an account with them. And how long are they going to be overseas?
3: In between three to four months.
1: Perfect. So if they have a Schwab account, they can be overseas, and they can... um, as they need money, as you want to give them more money for their three or four months overseas, you can deposit it at your Schwab office near you or even on your phone. You can deposit checks, and then they can continue to withdraw money as they need it over those three to four months, again, at zero cost. Uh, Got it. it Okay. It is the best deal going for people who travel overseas. Now, there's one other one, The State Department Credit Union has an account you can open for Americans overseas. This is especially designed for people that are overseas for years rather than months. But you can have an account with them that gives free access to ATMs and use of an account being overseas. That might be an alternative, but Schwab is my favorite.
0: Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, it's Jordan Harbinger. For the last 10 years, I've successfully helped people build their self-confidence with my Art of Charm podcast. And now, along with Art of Charm, I'm hosting a new show. It's Podcast One's latest program, The Forbes List. On the show, we talk to the Forbes editors that curate their famous and respected lists, like self-made richest people, billionaires, and highest-paid athletes. We'll get behind-the-scenes insight and information that doesn't make the print cut. It launches this week, on February 16th, so please subscribe on iTunes to the Forbes list, and don't forget to rate us, review, and share.
5: What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbor of the alleged bomber.
0: The actual family that had been there, I'd I'd never really come across them in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, it never seems to speak back to you. It was just like kept themselves to themselves. And that was about it.
5: The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.